Thank you for joining us on the Waymaker Church podcast today. We hope this inspires you, builds your faith, and makes a way for the new and deeper with Jesus Christ in your life. Enjoy. Uh, We are in a series right now, Us For Them. Not us for us, okay? There is a part of us that is for us. We have to love one another. We have to love the body of Christ. Um, But at the core of the message of the gospel, it is us, the church, for them, our neighbors and the nations. And so today we begin to unpack seven values um, that will be the core values of our church. Remember we talked about last week, a lot of times we have core beliefs conversations thinking that we're having core values conversations or vice versa. It is our core values that help us work out what we say or what we claim we believe. There's a saying in our modern culture, if you wanna know if someone is into CrossFit or if they're a vegan, Give them 15 seconds and they'll tell you. Let's sit in for a second. You know what I'm talking about. You know what I'm talking about. Uh, it's on their t-shirts. It's, it's, in, it's in every other conversation about what they're eating now, what they're not eating now. And um, is, this, is this cheese um, free range? Um, oh, wait a minute, that's not vegan. Anyway, you get what I'm saying. But what if we shifted that saying, that popular cliche to, if you wanna know if someone is a fully devoted follower of Christ, give them 15 seconds and they'll show you. Oh, come on now. Yeah, 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 somebody got a hold of that. Somebody got a hold of that. Today, I wanna jump right into the gospel of John chapter 15. This is what Jesus says to his disciples. He says, this is to my father's glory. In other words, if you want your heavenly father to be renowned, if you want him to be famous, if you want him to be reflected in your life, that you bear much fruit. We're gonna talk about that fruit in just a second. Showing yourselves to be my disciples. So what does he say? He says, look, if you want people to know that you are showing the image of the Father and you are my disciple. So there's a lot going on there in the Trinity, right? Here's what it's gonna do. You're gonna bear fruit in your life. That fruit is the fruit of the Spirit. And there is a a, a main fruit of the Spirit by which all the other ones flow. And we'll look at that in just a second. Let's keep going. What does he say in, in verse 12? He says, my command is this, not my suggestion, but my command is this, love each other as I have loved you. This is a theme. We looked at this last week. Jesus says it again, love each other, love one another. This is, this is how people are gonna know that you are bearing the image of the Father and that you are my disciple, that you will bear fruit and that fruit is going to be love. It's gonna be your love for each other. Next, what does he say? He keeps going, he says, greater love has no one than this to lay down one's life for one's friend. So what does he say? He says, okay, I'm gonna show you what this main fruit is. It is love for each other. And now I'm gonna show you what that love for each other ultimately is going to culminate in. That you would get to a place in your life 
step, season at a time, where you literally look around at your fellow believers in Christ and you say, I'm willing to give my life to you. I'm willing to give up my life for you. The tangible things in my life, the emotional, spiritual things in my life, that that I would not hold those things back from you. That my life would essentially be one act of sacrificial love after another in the in the context of a relationship with my fellow believer. And you know what Jesus says? When the world looks upon that, they will know God is in those people. He is coming forth from those people. He keeps going. He says this, you did not choose me, but I chose you. I chose you and appointed you so that you might go and bear fruit, fruit that will last. See, fruit that just doesn't come and go and ebb and flow, but fruit that follows us and grows in us and grows forth from us over a lifetime. And so that whatever you ask in my name, the Father will give you. There is so much going on in that statement. Jesus isn't saying that you would just bear much fruit and fruit that will last so that all of a sudden, whatever you want from God, he becomes this genie. No, what he's talking about is a transformation that happens in a person's life who follows Jesus. And that is that we become so attuned with the lay down my life for one another love that Jesus shows us, that sacrificial love that I am bearing over a lifetime that I literally start to have the mind of God. The will of God is so turned up in my life that I know what to ask for because I am attuned to the will of God and it just starts happening. In the name of Jesus, we drive out the dark forces. In the name of Jesus, we ask healing and miraculous power for your glory. In the name of Jesus, can you imagine what would happen if a group of people were so reflected of and turned over to that kind of love that we literally know the will of the Father? This is my command, Jesus says. What is it? Love each other. I want us to say this together on the count of three. One, two, three. Love each other. One more time. Love each other. Yes. Now, here it is. If you're writing notes, and you should, write this down. Here we go. Here we go. Jesus expects, he expects and equips his followers to transform more into his sacrificial love and the Father's image over a lifetime. Jesus expects you and me and equips you and me to transform into more of his sacrificial love and the image of the Father 
Not instantly, but over a lifetime. Ray Straden says this, and this is good, this is good. He, he says this, these, the early Christians had only one strategy, one agenda, one message, one weapon, one force with which to overwhelm the empire of the Caesars. Love. Love. That was their strategy. That was their, he goes on, he says this. He says, it was Christ-like love that brought the empire to its knees and directed the symbol of the cross over the ruins of the Roman capital. What was the symbol of a cross? Sacrificial, lay down my life, love for my brother that shifted an empire. Love was an unstoppable force. The gates of hell could not stand against this love. Yes, unstoppable force in the first century AD. And it is just as irresistible today. Waymaker Church, there is so much at stake in this moment in time that we, at this 21st century moment, in this shifting and changing era of human history, as human history ebbs and flows until the day Christ returns, that we reflect the image of the Father and the sacrificial love of Jesus Christ, empowered and equipped by His Holy Spirit as an unstoppable force against the power of darkness to be salt and light in this world. I don't know about you, but I'm all in. You in? Yes. Woo. And so the first of seven core values, it is, transformation is our expectation. I want you to look to the person beside you and tell them that. Just tell them, transformation is our expectation. I expect you to transform, to bear much fruit. Come on, y'all, just tell, tell the person behind you. Transform, hey, look, hey, you expect it from me, I expect it from you. I expect you, why? Because Jesus expects us to grow the heck up, come on, and to go the heck out. I'm gonna keep it PG, all right? <laughs> right? Yeah. To grow up, he expects that. He expects you and me to transform over a lifetime. And we're gonna talk about that today and what's at stake in that. But first, I wanna tell you a little story. My, my son, Ethan, who uh, him and his wife were up here teaching a couple weeks ago, uh, after three days of kindergarten, I picked him up at school and I said, how was it today? He says, it was okay. I said, okay, well, you know, hopefully it'll be better tomorrow. And he says, I don't wanna go back tomorrow. I said, well, buddy, you're gonna have to go back tomorrow. He goes, I don't wanna go back at all. <laughs> he literally thought that school was optional, right? He just, he just you know, his five, six-year-old mind, it's like, you know, I, I just, I, I don't know that this is for me. So uh, the next couple of weeks were pretty hard for us as we uh, literally had to drag him kicking and screaming and, you know, threaten truancy 
uh, on him to get him back into, into kindergarten. But, uh, well, I'll just go ahead and show you uh, what happened. He, uh, he did graduate from kindergarten. Yes, there he is with his pawpaw. He, it was a big day in our house. And so I don't know if Ethan is in here. Ethan, are you in here right now? Okay. When you see him out in the lobby, just congratulate him through getting <laughs> through kindergarten. Okay. Um, here's the thing though. I think sometimes we believe that transformation is optional. And that's the first of four myths that I want to talk about. And that is spiritual transformation is optional for Jesus followers. You know, at some point, if you, if you claim to believe and follow Jesus, you had that, you had that moment where you just, you said, okay, I surrender all. And, and some changes happened in your life in that moment. But but somewhere along the line, we start to believe the myth that growing up and going out is optional. Like I can, you know, maybe I can just stay right here. Maybe I can just, you know, that moment that, that I threw my stick in the fire or that I, you know, I said, you know, I surrender all or, or whatever that was for you that, that you can just love and, and sacrifice and stay at that place that you were maybe a season ago or a decade ago or decades ago. And the reality is that is a myth. Jesus expects transformation. Next myth is this, spiritual transformation is quick, easy, and painless. That is, wow, wow. I mean, we're, we can just laugh at that, right? But, but that's a myth. I think sometimes we believe that in the church, that if it's hard, if it's painful, then man, we should just avoid that. Or there's something wrong with us. Oh man, I can't believe that I'm going through this. I, there must be, well, yes, because spiritual transformation is often very painful. It's painful because there are things that God is pulling out of us that don't belong. He's pruning away from us that need to go and that hurts. And man, it takes time and it's not easy. Uh, transformation myth number three, and that is this spiritual transformation just needs more. I, look, I just need some more. I need some more spiritual rules, some more knowledge, some more experience, some more disciplines. And of course those things are good, but those things are just tools, right? It's not about our striving. And we, we just sang about that. It's, it's about the blood of Jesus. It's not about perfection and performance. And it's not about more, more, more. I know people who, who, who do not know as much about the Bible as someone else, but they are reflecting that love, that sacrificial love in a magnanimous way without the theological education or even the biblical trivia knowledge that someone else has that is still wrestling with pride and fear and all the web that Tammy was talking about. And here's another one, and this is big, transformation myth number four, that we can spiritually transform another person. Get free of that right now. You and I cannot change anyone. If you don't get anything today, get that stop trying to change that person amen the baby said amen <laughs> Woo! stop trying to change that person you can't preach loud enough you can't teach long enough you can't 
You can't guilt and shame and do all the blame in between. You can't do any of that to help that person change. God is the only one that can convict the human heart. And that human heart has the autonomy given by God to choose, to choose God or to walk away from him. It is a collaboration, as Ethan and Lauren said a couple weeks ago, it is a collaboration with a person and God, whether or not that heart will change. Doesn't that set you free today? Stop trying to change your mama. And mama, stop trying to change your kids. Just pray for them, love them, put up some boundaries, right? You gotta go to kindergarten. Here's the problem. Transformation myths perpetuate false Christianity. I'm gonna talk about that. False Christianity and a powerless church. False Christianity. Jesus literally predicts this. He tells a parable, Matthew's gospel, about a farmer who goes out and plants seed, wheat seed in his field. And in the middle of the night, some bad guys come into his field and plant tares or weeds, as we would translate them, in the same field among the wheat. And what happens when the, when the harvest is about to come and the, and, and the wheat has sprouted right beside all of that wheat are weeds. Right there in the midst of all the wheat is a whole bunch of weeds, right? And the servant comes to, the, to the, the farmer and says, what should we do? Should we go and pull up the weeds? And he says, no, just leave them, leave them. Because if you pull them up, you'll also disturb the wheat until the harvest will get them all. And then we'll start separating the wheat and the weeds. Jesus literally says right here, right now at this moment, that there are people in this assembly on this day who are not really Christians. They're not. And look, I'm not trying to get any, in anybody's head or anybody's heart, that's between you and God, but, but you ain't changing. Now, you've got a lot of biblical knowledge and you can sing some songs, but there is no fruit bearing from your life and hasn't. Any fruit that has reflected in your life has come from your own striving and your own will. That's why you're still a divider in the church. That's why you still operate in your flesh. You still gossip. You still, man, you still lie. You still hate. You still are bitter. You're carrying that around and you wrap it up in all kinds of things. And, and, and you don't even, man, you, you come to church and, and you're resentful and, you're, and you have a spirit of criticism and a, and a spirit of mockery and, and you don't see the power of Jesus. And, and all the while you're blaming it on all the other people around you. And if the church would just this and the church would just that. And here's the thing, Jesus says, you might be a weed. You might not even be a Christian. And you know what, I get into counseling sessions now Christian couples come and their atomic bomb blew off in, in their marriage. And now I don't even, I just cut to the chase. Hey, can I just be, who is Jesus to you? 
Like, are you guys believers in Jesus? And I don't want you to be offended by that question because I know you've been in, in church and you went to the Christian school and the Christian university. I know you went to all that, but do you actually follow Jesus? Well, I'm insulted. Don't, honey, don't be insulted. Because what I see from what I'm hearing, it doesn't sound like two people or at least one person is bearing fruit fruit that lasts, fruit that reflects the Father over a lifetime. If you're still a divider and you're still a subtractor in the church, or that is mainly where you're operating, you may be a false Christian. And look, that's between you and the Lord. I'm not, I'm not naming names. Let me start naming. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> right? That's not, even, that's not even for me. I just ask people now, And that's a moment sometimes, and, and I'll, I'll tell you this, 10 years into this church, I, I had this conversation with the Lord. I said, why do you have me here? This, this town is full of churches. I mean, it's full of churches and there's new ones starting every day. And he says, look, I've called you just as much to those who think they're found than those who've never yet been found. That's why I'm here, y'all. I'm here and I'm not, and I'm not, again, I'm not trying to get you to question your salvation. I'm just saying, have a conversation with the Lord. Have you truly surrendered all? Or are you just wrapping your old operating system in some Jesus paper? Oh, it's, it's, I, I feel that, I feel that. Everybody's clapping like, I don't I hope that's not me. Listen, I, if it is you, today is the day you just say, Jesus, I surrender all, I am sorry. I have been a weed among the wheat and I need to confess that and I need to repent of that and I need to come to you because I'm going to tell you something. If you get enough weeds in a church, it's powerless. People start fighting over stuff, politics, color of the carpet. Why don't they do this? And why, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm off my script. I'm going to have to apologize. Okay. It's a problem, y'all. And it's a problem of every church. And that's why we have to say, look, at Waymaker Church, transformation is our expectation. We expect you, no matter where you are in your faith journey. I don't care if you've, you've claimed to follow Jesus for 50 years, you got a next step. You got a new and a deeper. You got something to repent of. You've got something to confess. You've got a new level of gratitude. You've got a new level of surrender. Why? Not because of me, because Jesus said, I expect you to bear fruit, fruit that will last, that you would love each other. Ultimately, it would manifest in you getting to the end of your life where you just default to a sacrificial love. It's just not even about you anymore. It's not, enough, it's not even about you. You are not offended anymore. You are not walking around in your wounds anymore and in your insecurities anymore. You are just one walking fruit of love. That is what Jesus is up to. And if you want to know, hey, what's this, if this is a define the relationship kind of church, 
kind of moment in our church. This church is going to constantly be expecting me to grow the heck up. You know? And go the heaven out. You see what I did there? <laughs> Second Corinthians. Here's what's happening. Here's what's happening. Paul has pastored this church. He spent about a year and a half getting this church started. And then he does what he does because he has a prophetic and an apostolic uh, calling on his life. He goes and he starts new churches. While he's away starting new churches, this church in Corinth gets wrapped up in some old things. They get wrapped up in some old sexual sin. They get wrapped up in, in, in clashes and and all kinds of tribal stuff that starts and factions start to form in the church. And you said this, and we're supposed to be in this. I mean, I mean, it just gets really, really sad really quick. And so he's writing these different letters. He actually, uh, scholars believe, wrote three letters. And there's supposedly a lost letter somewhere out there. But this is the second or maybe the third letter that he wrote to this church as he's pastoring them from afar. This is what he says. But whenever anyone turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. Now, if you read the verses prior to that, he's talking about, he's using a, a picture, an illusion from the Old Testament of when Moses would, would see God, he would, he would visit with God, he would come back down to the people and he would wear a veil because it was so bright that, that until the, the, the brightness of, of his of his aura basically faded, he would need a veil. And, and, and so what, what Paul is saying is he's saying, hey, that veil, that veil has to be taken away. And when we are turned to the, when we turn to the Lord, the veil is taken away. We, we now, we now reflect the father. And he goes on to say this, he says this, and, and it brings us to something that he says, but whenever, Okay, I'm sorry. Now the Lord is the Spirit, Spirit, capital S Spirit, Holy Spirit. And where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Freedom. He, he's saying, okay, so the veil has to be removed. And then when it's removed, we know that we have the Holy Spirit in us. The Holy Spirit of God is in us. And then what takes place? We start to bear this fruit and part of this fruit is freedom. Now let's go back, Gideon, let's go back to that other point that transformation requires. Transformation requires this, to wholeheartedly surrender our life to Jesus's salvation and authority salvation and authority what does that mean that means yes he is rescuer and redeemer he is also king he is also he is king of my life that that this life in christ is not just a hallelujah thank you jesus i'll, I'll tolerate church for the rest of my life and you know come and go and sing some songs and hear some half decent sermons but man i ain't changing I'm in charge of my life, Jesus. You're Savior. I'm authority. Nope. You see, when the veil has been removed, we, we now have seen something that we cannot unsee. It's the glory of God. 
And it is the heart of God through salvation and surrendering to the authority of Christ. Now, where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom, he says. And this brings us to another thing that transformation requires. And what is that? To invite high levels, high levels. I'm gonna say that again. High levels, like volume on 11. High levels. Not volume on two. Sometimes I'm, I'm in, the, in the car with my wife and I'm listening to some music and she oftentimes will do work on her computer. We're on a long drive and I'm listening to, you know, some country music or, or something else, you know, a little Led Zeppelin. No, I'm just kidding. Okay, maybe, maybe, maybe so. Stairway to heaven. Okay. It's, it's a gospel song. Okay. <laughs> so, oh man. I'm spitting up here. Um, so so here, here we go, here we go. So she, she'll say something. She'll say, hey, hey, can we talk about something? And I'm like, yeah, 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 okay. She's like, could we, could we turn down the volume just a little bit? You don't have to turn it off. Could we turn it down? I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think sometimes that's what we do with the Holy Spirit. Man, there was that moment of you were, you were in that, you, you were sitting across the table from that spiritual mentor who said, hey, today, do you want to go all in with Jesus? And you said, yes. You were at that campfire at camp. You, you were in that church encounter. You were with the body of Christ and the gospel was presented and you, you just said, yep, I'm, 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 all, I'm all in. And the Holy Spirit was turned all the way up. And then over the next season of your life, somebody wanted to talk to you. So you just kept turning it down, turning and now it's like it's playing somewhere in the house it's playing you know it's like yeah yeah, yeah, i think i hear that music i think i hear the holy spirit but really all you can hear is the noise everywhere else And, and if the spirit of the lord is freedom then that means we've got to have the volume all the way up to invite high levels of the holy spirit activity in our heart, soul, mind, and strength. Here's the thing. We look at the fruit of the Spirit. What is the fruit of the Spirit? Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, and self-control. Self-control. This, if you want to know if the volume is, is up on the Holy Spirit, love and all of these, and oh, by the way, self-control. That's a big one. That when I become angry, I actually control myself. When I become fearful, when I become all of these things, that the Spirit of God is so, so turned up in my, my life that I pause. I pause and I control myself. I, I'm, my appetites that are destructive are, are self-controlled because they are spirit-controlled. And then spiritual gifts What are they? The Holy Spirit empowers supernatural gifts to build up the church. I know that I am operating in high levels or high levels of the Holy Spirit when I am living out with mission and maturity, the spiritual gifts. And we as a church, we're just gonna be a church that sees that transformation happen in people's lives. Hey, I discern 
that you may have this gift. Now operate in it for the sake of the body of Christ. Not for your attention, not for your platform. Ultimately, to show the image of the Father in the heart of Jesus. Verse 18, what does he say next? He says, and we all who with unveiled faces, there it is, contemplate the Lord's glory are being, say this with me, one, two, three, transformed, transformed into his image with ever increasing glory. What does that mean? It means over time, which comes from the Lord who is the spirit. What does transformation require? This is big, this is big, this is big. And this, this gets, this busts this myth that it's easy and that it's instant and that it's, that it's painless. And that is we become more like Jesus. One season at a time over a lifetime. We become more like Jesus, that we become sacrificial love for our brother and sister, that we would lay down our life for our friend over a lifetime. That we don't just build up more spiritual disciplines and get our act together and dress a little bit better or talk a little bit better or you know, maybe stop listening to too much Led Zeppelin, whatever. That we gain some more biblical knowledge, but we're still the same grumpy, controlling, bitter, lustful, greedy person that we were 10 years ago. No, no, no. Over a lifetime, we just keep growing, keep growing, giving up more, giving up more, receiving more of what God has. Paul David Tripp writes this. I love this. He says this. He says, every Christian is a person in the middle of his own sanctification. No matter how well-trained, no matter how theologically mature, we are all still in need of future spiritual development. Listen to this. We all have blind spots. We all have it. There's never a moment in your life in this broken world, in this broken body until Jesus Christ comes that you ain't got something that somebody else sees and says, hey, you may want to turn the volume up on this because I think Jesus wants to show you something. I can't change you, but I can show you. And if you trust me, man, what would happen if there was a church like that? We all have areas of susceptibility to temptation. There are things I will do die, like literally die being tempted by. That's why I need God's word, God's spirit, and God's people in my life. Yes, I will, blind spots, there are blind spots in my life. I mean, literally today, literally today, I had a young man come up to me, he says, hey man, this may sound weird, but I, had, I just had this dream about you last night. I was like, it's, it's cool, it's cool. He tells me the dream, he just says, you know, there's, there was a demon in my house and you were in my house. You weren't the demon, but the demon was in the house. I just, I said the name of the demon and you, you and I just started looking for the demon. 
Is that cool? Awesome. And he said the name of the demon. And he says, so I looked up the name of the demon and it means peace, but he says, let me just say what I think it means and then you do whatever you want with it. He says, okay. He says, I think it actually is a false peace because a demon named peace would be the twisting of peace. It's a false peace. And I think in your childhood, I was like, whoa, 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 what's, what's going on here? Don't be getting my stuff. You 20 year old? Right? That's, that's what I was thinking. No, I'm just kidding. I was, just like, I was like, yeah, bring it on, man. What do you got? What do you got? He said, hey, look, I, I think in your childhood, you, ma- you made some agreements with this darkness that whenever you feel criticized or shamed, and, I'm, and, you know, and then I'm like, oh, crap, he's got my stuff. <laughs> yes, he did. He did. He says, whenever you feel criticized or shamed or, or accused, uh, you try to you try to compensate for that by just saying, yeah, maybe I am just that. And that's your way of finding a false peace. Maybe my imposter syndrome is true. Maybe I am just a failure. I'm a terrible father. I'm a terrible this. I'm a terrible that. And in your self-loathing, you don't actually walk in your identity. Instead, you just believe that lie. And then you start to operate out of that lie and hurt yourself and other people. I'm like, you better shut up, man. Because <laughs> it was true. Guys, today, I got victory on something that's 40 years old. 40 years old. I'm still getting sanctified. And you know what? You are too. And that's why, I mean, people, people leave this church because it's like, you guys are always praying for each other and you're always responding and you're always talking about confession. You're always talking about repentance. It's like, I just, I, I'm just not, it's just too much for me. Okay, fine, that's fine, that's fine. But that's just what, that's who we are. And that's why we're doing this series. Transformation is our expectation. Everybody needs new levels of sanctification. Everybody has temptations. Everybody has blind spots. Each of us has character weaknesses. We are all still in need of rescuing, convicting, transforming power of the gospel. Yes, you and I always need to be growing, not striving in our humanity, but growing in the Holy Spirit. And so I wanna share with you real quick, three sets of tools three sets of tools that if you're a part of Waymaker Church, these aren't the only tools, but these are some big tools that we're always going to be talking about. We're always gonna be pointing you to. We're all, you, you could just expect it, okay? So transformational tool set number one, here it is. And you've already heard it today. God's word, God's spirit, and God's people. All three of these, not just one of them, right? You could just read God's word but if God's word's not reading you through the spirit, mm-hmm. and if you can read God's word and God's spirit, he's always gonna be taking you to God's people, right? If, if you were reading God's word up on the mountain and you've just said, yeah, I love Jesus, but his bride's crazy and I'm not gonna have anything to do with it, then you're not listening to the Holy Spirit. You're not listening to the Holy Spirit because he wants to take your crazy and you're weird 
and mix it with the crazy and the weird of a group of people and out of that get healing and grow the heck up. Come on. And I need it in unity. We all need it. God's word, God's spirit, and God's people together, 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 always together. And listen, it's tempting to check out of one of these. It's, t- it's tempting. You know, some, something happens in our life. You know, we have a baby or we get a new job and we get on a shift or, you know, we just, it, we, we miss three or four weeks and we're like, man, I don't want to go back because people are going to ask me where I was and I'm just going to have to tell them I've been on my boat for four weeks and, you know, I don't want to tell them that. And I'm listening to Led Zeppelin again and I don't want to tell them that. So I'm just not going to go back. If you're watching right now and you haven't been here in nine weeks because dot, 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 come on back. Come on back. We love you. We love you. Transformation tool set number two. Here we go. These all work together. Confession, repentance, forgiveness, and gratitude. We're all, all of these, we're always going to be, and they're always in tandem. They're always together. They come in four. They come in four. Why? Because all of these produce humility in our life. And that is so key. Confession, repentance, forgiveness, and gratitude. They all produce humility and they fight human pride. And I'm going to tell you this. If you're doing all four of these in your life and you've got the Holy Spirit cranked up in your life, you're just, you're, you don't have to go, well, I'm going to be humble today. Just, man, whew, God, I'm so sorry that I made some agreements with dark forces. I'm so sorry that I'm walking in old stuff. I'm so sorry that I took control of that thing again. And, and I became this. And whew, I, I repent. I turn back to you. And yeah, I, of course I'm going to forgive that person. Of course I am. They don't even have to ask for it. I just, I'm, I'm gonna release that from them. God, thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Ah, oh, I should be dead. I should be separated from you for eternity. And yet I walk in freedom. And I don't have to figure this out on my own. Your Holy Spirit is in me. Jesus is before me and my father is waiting on me. I don't want that to ever not move me. Transformation tool set number three. Moments move us for them disciplines mature us for them moments moments look we need moments friday night man some encounters happened here i got freedom on some stuff friday night just this man came up to me he says i feel like i need to pray for you he said there's something just weighing you down and he just prayed over me and i was like freedom that's a moment that's a moment i need that moment 
See, a, a moment is where we get this accelerated amount of growth in our life, right? It's not easy, but it's quick. Moments, we need moments. We don't apologize for moments here. Today, some of you are gonna have a moment. You're gonna have a moment. It's like, oh, am I just getting emotional? Is it chased on the piano over there? Am I just feeling something? Nope, it's the Holy Spirit and he has cranked up the volume and you've let him do it. You're having a moment and people have a moment every week. They, they go over to that table and they take the sacraments. They have a moment, body and the blood of Christ, brokenness, blood spilled. Yes, moment. Jesus said, yep, I want you to do that. I want you to have a moment. They move us, they move us. And why do they move us? For them, ultimately. Any, any movement you have today is not just for you. It's not even just for us. It's for your neighbors and the nations. And disciplines, we need those, disciplines. We need, we need to read the scriptures. We need to pray regularly. We need to walk in, in, in Sabbath and we need to, commune with each other and we need to like all the disciplines that are so they mature as they grow us up they grow us up we need them we need them both thank you so much for joining us and a special thank you to those who give to Waymaker Church it is because of you that our ministry is possible visit waymaker.church to give now and if you enjoyed today's podcast be sure to subscribe You can also share it with your friends and family. Thanks again for listening. Now go make a way.